0: Ho, ho, ho! Happy New Year to one and all, or something like that. So I thought it might be nice to just take an intimate look back at the year 2021 on the On the Edge with Andrew Gold podcast. This is going to be just uh, me talking, unscripted, unedited, to you, the listener. So if this isn't what you've come to expect from the show, then just stop listening and delete it. I hope you don't. Uh, But I promise I won't mind. Just, you know, uh, for those of you who stick around and also to those who who don't or didn't, uh, not that they know, I wish you all a happy new year. I'm recording this on the 30th of December. Uh, I was going to release it tomorrow, but you know what? I'm just going to release it when I finish speaking. So you'll get it straight from the horse's mouth or something. Some of you might be listening back long in the future. But many of you might be listening as you make arrangements for New Year's Eve. Uh, let me tell you this right now, it will probably be a huge disappointment. New Year's Eve almost always is. It's anticlimactic. Uh, nothing changes in your life, but it feels like it does because it's a date in the calendar. If you go out, you're going to be charged double or triple just for the luxury of daring to socialise on a day that happens to fall on the final slot of the calendar year. Those of you not going out will be made to feel like you're missing out. And those of you either looking for love or hoping this mystical calendar date will conciliate something you have with someone new will probably also be disappointed. Uh, At least long term, looking back, you think, what was that day? The same goes for Christmas, the whole Christmas period we just went through. Many of you will have had storming arguments with family members, while others would have wished they had family members to share it with in the first place. It's... It's fine, I think, as long as we all take a minute to think about how miserable everyone else is too. Uh, I do think comparison is the thief of joy, and of course there are some people who, who just had a wonderful time, and that's cool too, but for those who didn't, at least you have this episode to keep you company. As for me, the truth is I'm a bit of an introvert, and that's something... I'm coming to terms with lately I was always so loud and talkative in social occasions uh, throughout my childhood and teenage years that I presumed I was an extrovert but I've just come to realize how much I enjoy being alone um, I, I, sort of being alone Do you know what I mean I'm always chatting to people friends of mine online and everything and then of course this podcast is communication too I think I could be one of those people who go and work in Antarctica and just sit in a dark room not going out just just doing my work the podcast has been really great for that because i've just been able to sit here for hours and just get into a flow state and you know the time just passes so quickly while i'm working on this while i'm editing my girlfriend julietta she went back to to visit her family about 10 days ago uh, i'll join her in a few weeks for a bit so i've spent almost the entirety of the festive season alone Editing episodes and scheduling them for the time I'm going to be away. I'd never leave you without an episode for the week. I did have plans to have Christmas dinner with my neighbours in Bristol, but they got COVID. So I went and did a big shop for them, left the bags outside their door and went straight back to London. Not because I was so scared of them, but because I went to stay with my mum. But I hope they're all right, those neighbours. When I come back, I wonder what state they'll be in. Uh, Back to Bristol, that is. I did have a nice dinner with my friend Kane and his mum Deborah uh, before Christmas and a lunch at my cousin Michelle and Rob. I saw my my mum, as I say, but I've otherwise not really seen a soul. Uh, It's funny. Anyway, I know I'm lucky just to have had those social interactions and some people don't have anything around Christmas, but the reason, again, that I mention it isn't to show off about what a cool lone ranger I am or whatever but just because I think it's unhealthy around this time of year that all we see is endless photos of people with their families and loved ones looking outrageously happy uh, and it's just not an accurate reflection and it can probably be a bit damaging to those who feel they don't match up. So tomorrow is the same New Year's Eve I'll be hanging out with my best friend Georgina and her husband Aaron for New Year's Uh, I've known Georgina since I was a baby. We used to take baths together. Aaron doesn't mind. We don't do the baths anymore, so it's cool. We'll sit around, cool in the new year, and I'll go to sleep. And as I drift off, my last thoughts of 2021 will revolve around this podcast and you listeners who have kept up with it and, and made it into something from which I can start to live now. It's now 18 months old and has grown into something of which I can be proud and something that enables me to share in the most fascinating and emotional experiences of people I interview from all around the world, all just while I'm sat at home being an introvert. And then to share in the reactions from you guys. I mean, not a day goes past that I don't have a few interactions with you listeners, so I want you to know how much I appreciate it, and how it still warms the cockles of my heart to hear how much you enjoyed it. I've got some big plans for the podcast in the coming months, which depend on a couple of business things. But if it all goes to plan, I intend to start upping to two episodes per week. That'll allow me to be a bit le- less, less choosy, I suppose, about each guest. Because at the moment, I'm thinking, God, it's the one for the week. I don't want to let people down. It's got to be really, you know, just right. And I might even start debating with people whose views differ drastically from my own. I don't think there's enough plurality of opinion and well-intentioned debates in the podcast realms. That might be an intriguing avenue to explore. I'm more confident about bringing in in the big guests, and you'll see the Richard that Richard Dawkins and John Ronson are coming up in January. Uh, I'm hoping David Baddiel will happen too. There's Jordan Harbinger. And I'm going to start approaching some of the real big names now, because I feel like don't know I feel like I've got the pedigree to do that now before I would have just been embarrassed even if they'd said yes I'd be like oh god don't want to do this and now I feel a bit more confident maybe it's because I went to see um I went to see a hypnotist um Chris Hughes who was who was on this podcast I went to see him and uh he helped me with my public speaking but maybe it's made me a bit more confident talking to the big names Uh, I also don't want to forget some of my favourites who have been on the podcast who are not the big names, are the ones that no one's heard of. I mean, I was so excited to get people like, um, if you'll remember, Hassan Al Alcontar, who lived in an airport for almost a year, or Thomas Leeds, who developed face blindness and can't recognise his own family, or episode 53, that's my favourite one, with Coche Inciarte, who survived a plane crash and had to eat his friends. Those are the stories that tickle my journalistic sensitivities and make me feel like I've really researched something and found something unusual. At the same time, there was nothing quite like sitting face-to-face with my journalistic hero, John Ronson, without whose influence this podcast really, really might not exist. So anyway, for those of you on a train into the city for a big night out, or those sitting comfortably at home, tucking into a takeaway order early because it's probably a nightmare getting takeaway – I wanted to just thank you all for listening. Uh, please do get in touch with me, Andrew Gold underscore OK on Instagram or Twitter. I love hearing for you, from you. And and for anyone who fancies listening on, uh, I wanted to go through some of the highlights of this year. I've got nothing planned in this, uh, this respect for this episode. No script. I'm not going to edit this before sending it out. Uh, I'm just going to look back through the episodes and remember some of the guests This might not be of interest to everyone, so if you're dropping out, just know I've got a great episode with David Robson about the expectation effect, coming out on Monday the 3rd of January, all about the ways that positive thinking can cause real, genuine, physical, physiological, positive things in your body, so you can get over illnesses and things like that faster uh, if you have a good positive mindset. And I think that's a nice way to start the year with David Robson, and maybe in a year's time I'll be doing another one of these, talking about... God, it will seem like such a long time ago, won't it? A year ago. By the way, if you are thinking of going on the Patreon or Apple subscribers to get all the bonus stuff, please, this is a great, as good a time as as ever. As as I say, I'm trying to make this into something I can earn from full time. Not quite there yet, but you know getting there <clears throat> if you some people ask me if you're choosing you know if it makes a difference Apple or Patreon if you're going to sign up or YouTube that's the other one got about 6 people on YouTube right now we've got about 80 on Patreon and about 70 on Apple subscribers my preference is Patreon because I can then message you and see you and and control it a little better i also get A slightly higher uh, percentage from them than I do from Apple or YouTube memberships but at the end of the day I'm just delighted for your support and your custom. Anyway on with the show and and also actually I would say like look not everyone's got money to just be giving willy-nilly to podcasters I don't support anyone not even I don't even help anyone I don't do anything. Um, I do help people if they ask. Um, What was I going to say? Yes, um, YouTube, It would be, if you can subscribe on YouTube, I'm trying to put those numbers up uh, as much as possible. It all helps. The annoying thing is most people listen, which is great because you're more engaged. Like Listeners are more engaged than YouTube viewers. But the annoying thing is people can't see how many listeners I've got. They can only see the YouTube. So if I'm asking a guest to come on, they can see on YouTube. I don't have many subscribers. It's about 2,500 at the moment, but rising fast, rising fast. Anyway, let's get going. You'll remember beginning of the year, right? We ended last year with Stephen Knight, who is a friend of Ricky Gervais's. He's an anti-woke critic. And I was really excited to get him on because he's, you know, he's a fairly big name and everything in, in that whole Twitter world. And he was very funny, very interesting, fantastic guest. And we got to January the 4th. And who can forget Dr. Andrew Steele. He was so good. And also, he surprised me because his camera was just like, he's the type of guy who spends just thousands, I think, on his cameras. They've got to be perfect because he looks at the night sky and everything. Anyway, Dr. Andrew Steele talked all about how we can cure aging. That was pretty cool. Now, that's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, he's very optimistic. He knows a lot more than we all do. And I desperately want to believe him. You know, if you think about the amount of people who believed in religions over the years, who have believed in outrageous stories just because of a fear of a fear of mortality, then you know it's it's not it's not outside of reason that a doctor might be able to convince himself that we might live forever, uh, and also because it sells books and stuff. I'm not, you know, he's a fan, he is fantastic, and his book, Dr. Andrew Steele's book, is about aging, is really really interesting, uh, and I do think he's right. I think they probably will cure ageing eventually, but but probably not in time for us, which is a bit gutting, to be honest. One of us might be, you know, someone listening to this now, um, or me, we we might be the last people ever to die, which is gutting. I'll be absolutely gutted. The following week, it was uh, January the 11th, we got on to Yasmin Mohammed, uh, who has her free from hijab hashtag. She's an ex-Muslim who who uh, is upset that people... Uh, particularly progressives, don't um, get as concerned about the way that some Muslim children or ex-Muslim children are treated uh, as much as they would if they were white kids. So basically she slams the woke left and their, their treatment of Islam and the way they let certain atrocities go on in the name of religion. We, of course, don't just talk about Islam on this show. We've had uh, extremes in, in across everything, Mormons, Jews, Christians, uh, Christians, you name it. There's all sorts of religion people, people escaping cults. Of course, the very first episode ever was with uh, the son of the founder of the Westbrook Baptist Church. That was Nate Phelps. Anyway, we moved on to Dr. Stuart Faramond, How to Live Your Best Life. I met Stuart just the other week. We went to Bath together, um, which is different to having a bath together, as I did with Richard Dawkins recently, by which I mean his book. But I told Dawkins I did that and I had a bath bomb and he smiled. Now, next, January 25th... God, am I going to do... I'm not going to do all of these, actually, because it's ridiculous. It's just... You don't need to listen for that. What what am I talking about? But what I will do is I'll go through a few. Professor Dame Sue Black, episode 37, she blew my mind when she talked about some of the stuff she's done, like delving through bodies that have been melted together after a war in Kosovo, uh, and the way she wants to be torn apart herself and hung up as a skeleton in front of her class to teach forever is pretty out there uh, and it was a perfect on the edge guest i really really loved her that's professor dame sue black episode 37 it was on january 25th as the episodes progressed we moved into uh the end of winter and spring with Nimco ali talking about female genital mutilation uh, nicole mitchell the pastor who who strips she was a pastor and she started doing an OnlyFans stripping thing Justin Brooks talked about California Innocence Project. Joshua Baker about his stuff in ISIS. He, he was a journalist who went into ISIS and everything. Andrew Doyle, who does Titania McGrath um, online. It's, again, it's an anti-woke person, but he's a very famous writer now. And he was on So talks about his book, Free Speech. Then we had Sadia Hamid. Um, she's a double-parter about um, Pakistan. She was held captive there. David Robson and the intelligence trap and David again he's come on number 45 is an important one so this was March of 22nd last year with Jesse Morton this was the day after my birthday and Jesse was fascinating um, and it's a bit of a sad one this uh, Jesse is a white ex-jihadist who got into terrorism I mean he he is the person who did the recipe for the Boston marathon bomb He also threatened the South Park writers. Um, And then he turned and he realised the error of his ways and he committed his life feeling rather guilty about what he'd done. But he's a nice man who was confused and bullied as a child. That's really what happened there. And he committed his life to moving people over and he moved loads of terrorists over to the other side. And Jesse, just last week, uh, was found dead, unfortunately, uh, by his family. And I don't know what the results of the autopsy are. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. Uh, I spoke to a few people who, who are friends with him. He's a big part of the sort of intellectual community online. And he'll be sorely, sorely missed. Uh, very, I was very, very sad to hear that. That's all still ongoing. So I don't know any more than that, except that he was found dead. Uh, very young. I think probably 40, 40-odd. Anyway, the next episode was Sadia Hamid, uh, again, about about her family escaping that kind of horrible upbringing she had, really. She was starved and beaten, all that kind of thing. Sadia's really great. She's now changed her name on Twitter and stuff like that, I think, for privacy and that kind of thing. Next was Kara Magugan talking about the undercover agents who slept with activists. Uh, Nama Kate's took us into the incel world for the first time that was fascinating these are these guys who uh, don't have uh, sex they think it's their involuntary celibate but actually you know if they made more of an effort they might not be celibate uh, madeleine black was fantastic and she talked about being gang raped at 13 oof Number 50 was important, obviously. You know, you like your big numbers. 50 is a big number, and it was the return of the psychopath. I had Emmy Thomas back on. So I had her on twice. I'm not sure she really liked me by the end, but she wrote Confessions of a Sociopath, and I had a lot of fun with her just asking, you know, if... if, If somebody was strangling me right now or killing me in front of you, how would you react? And she was like, I don't think you understand, Andrew. I don't really, I don't care. (laughs) Which was uh, a fascinating insight into just somebody who's. Sometimes I like talking to these people who are honest about lacking any empathy because we compete so much in like almost what I'd call the empathy wars. It's not the culture wars, it's the empathy wars because everybody is so so obsessed with this idea that you have to be more empathetic than someone else and that makes you more virtuous and it comes as a relief to talk to somebody who is just like I'm not in that game I don't have any empathy in fact that's my one describing feature I lack empathy oh well and that's great talking to her the next episode was Dr. Death that's Philip Nitschka who invents suicide machines and he told some heartbreaking stories in that episode but another interesting thing is that his uh, sarcophagus or i can't remember exactly what it's can't remember what it's called exactly but it's just been made legal in switzerland so it made the news about a week or two ago and the funny thing was um some german tv news channel played a clip from the youtube page of my episode with dr death so seven months on from the episode coming out. And the only reason I knew about it, because I don't think they have to, you know, I'm credited in it, in it, I suppose. They don't have to warn me or tell me. The only reason I knew is because a friend of Julieta's, my girlfriend, who, who used to work with her at this hotel in Berlin, happened to look up at the TV. She doesn't usually watch all the news. And she saw me on German news, my little face, which was very funny. That was only about a week or two ago, uh, because it was his interview and it was showing him and it's this big news story about his suicide machine being made legal. Next was Jenny Kleeman, the journalist, talking about the future of, like, sex and food and birth and death. Uh, And then, of course, 53 was the man, Coche Inciarte, who survived the plane crash. I had to make that into a documentary style. I would say that, to date, that is my favourite episode. I, I absolutely loved that one. He was such a lovely man. I had to get a translator to do his Spanish into English, but it was really, really interesting. We went through uh, through a few really fascinating ones, uh, including, you know, Chris Dore, the barrister, talking about making drugs legal. James Bloodworth going into Amazon warehouses to work undercover. And then number 59 is John McWater, one of the most famous intellects on the planet, talks about woke, woke culture. And we talked about his book, Nine Nasty Words. Uh, where he gave us the origins of a lot of the swear words. It's one of the most fascinating books I've ever read. Um, we got through to the, the neuroscientist, Dr. James Fallon, who his whole life worked on psychopaths um, and looked at their brains and stuff. And one day he was looking at a brain going, my word, this, is, this person is off the scale, the psychopath. This, is the biggest, this person has to be off the streets. And he realized it was a scan of his own brain think of that that was a really uh exciting occasion getting to speak to him and again it was this case of like nobody's pretending they have more empathy than they have i'm just chatting with somebody who's being honest about although i can't say being honest because psychopaths are known for lying so who knows who knows but i loved talking to him uh as i did uh Thomas Leeds, as I mentioned before, who who lost his memory in an accident and could, now can no longer recognize faces, including his own family, his daughter. It's very sad, but also fascinating. Ex-Scientologist John Atak came on to talk about the cult. We talked all about Tom Cruise and what a psychopath he appears to be. Catherine Burble Singh, this world strictest headmistress, then came on and she's really something to hear. It's just a tour de force going on about the way liberal schools let kids rule. And she's like, no, not having that. That's not how kids should be. And it's, you might not agree with her, but she's definitely interesting to listen to. Then there is, well, Chris Shelton of Scientology, Kerry Danes talking about getting stabbed by a kebab skewer. God, there have been some cool interviewees, haven't there? Ian Leslie teaches us how to have better arguments. Will Storr talks to us about virtue signaling. That's one of my favorites. Just that concept, that virtue signaling comes down to three main uh, categories. Oh, well, sorry, I've gotten that wrong. Do, uh, what, what is it? So the status game is three main categories. Virtue signaling is one of them. Dominance is another one. And success is the other one. If you're in a tribe, you can probably get more food if you're dominant. You can probably get more food if you're very successful, you're good at building a wheel or or making the fire or they share their food with you. You're also going to get some of the food if you can make it look like you're a very good person, you make it look like you're helping people you're you're empathetic and you're kind. but you didn't get more food if you actually were kind or empathetic. You got more food if you made it look like you were so it's not necessarily a correlation. You don't have to be actually a, a very virtuous. You just have to make it look like you are. And I think a lot of that made a lot of sense to a lot of people listening. I think it really made sense. And the virtue signaling can be a real turn um when we think it's empty. That doesn't mean don't do nice things. It just means sometimes we think it's empty. Number 69 was Sean Atwood on surviving uh, one of the deadliest prisons in the world, or at least the deadliest in the US, in Arizona. Sean Atwood was an ex-crime boss, who, um, hang on, I'm going to have a drink of water and I'm not editing this, so hang on. Yeah, Sean, that was my water. I drank my water. Sean Atwood, uh, I've been now going on his show on YouTube as a co-host. He's been very kind to me, um, but he used to run like a proper mafia in, in the US. He's from Liverpool. Really fascinating guy went to prison for a few years came back to the uk now runs a YouTube channel not too dissimilar from my own but has a bit more true crime a bit more um, drug stuff and all of that going on um, a bit more conspiracy stuff as well but Sean Sean was great to talk to and, and as I said you know we've become quite friendly now and uh, most Wednesday nights I take part in his live stream on on Wednesday evenings so that's great uh, and then the next one was another big podcaster on YouTuber, Chris Williamson, the former Love Island contestant who got to interview people like Jordan Peterson. He's now one of the biggest indie podcasters in the game, particularly in the UK, quite possibly the biggest. Um, Dr. Shahom Das, we did a few episodes on true crime with him. He's fantastic, a forensic psychiatrist. I think there'll be a few more in the future. Uh, Dr. Paige Harden was fantastic about eugenics. We looked at eugenics and genes and how people, um, it, it, how it, it, inequality extends further than we think. If we're going to talk about inequality, let's talk about the genes that people have, because some are indicators of whether or not you will uh, go to f- continue into further education. Now, that is inequality, but what do we do about that? I don't know uh maybe we leave it as it as it is you just go well some people are more talented than others maybe you account for it somehow i don't know astronomer colin stewart really moved a lot of people in the next episode that's number 73 in october october the 4th talking to colin stewart and he talked about that that sense of or that well that scientific reality apparently that everything that's happened in our past, everything that is to happen in the future is all laid out somewhere in something called space-time, basically like a multidimensional map of everything. And that would imply that if you've lost any loved ones, this is why it moved people, any lost loved ones, past memories that are behind you, nostalgia, wishing you could bring back those events, they are still there. If you were able to traverse space-time, which I imagine is not entirely possible particularly going backwards in that sense you could be able to see them Uh, it gets complicated but with a wormhole which is an artificial man-made thing you could theoretically go back as long as the wormhole had been made before it's too complicated to explain but (laughs) as if i would know as if i would know how to explain that in a more complicated way the black widow was next october the 11th Linda Calvey, known as the Black Widow, because of all her lovers, ended up dead or in prison. Her story is fascinating. She's a proper East Ender, so we really get chatting about the East End. She used to play in bomb sites as a child uh, and had a really different and difficult life. Julian Pagini is a philosopher in Bristol, where I was, and we got together and a coffee, and then we did this episode, and he was fantastic. Uh, just about everything, just philosophy dr chris ryan was next talking about uh how our ancestors really had sex and why you're hung larger than a gorilla we talked about that the small gorilla willies i didn't know they were that small um it's a fantastic fascinating thing to think about we then had guantanamo's most tortured prisoner muhammadu Ul salahi that was a really interesting one he was quite feisty he had, i couldn't tell if it was his humor or not but we had a bit of back and forth there at the end of the day. Some people commented afterwards, like, listen, mate, you don't know what this guy actually did. So if you go back and listen to that number 80, it is sad and it's not right the way he was tortured. And and I, I stand by that. But some people say, well, hang on, there's more he wasn't telling you. And it's not for me to really, you know, at the end of the day... They tried, the Guantanamo Bay torturers tried for 15 years to get more information out of him. It's not an easy thing to do. So it's not really for me to do or to judge. Uh, that's for you guys to do. So if you go back and listen to number 80, it just it's interesting. Uh, and, and then the following episode, I liked it as a, as a cu- counterpart to that, because it was Professor Paul Bloom, uh, who was a Yale professor, now Toronto, I believe, uh, talking about his book, The Sweet Spot, and why we enjoy suffering. Of course, not to the lengths that Muhammad al Salahi did in Guantanamo Bay, but we do like hot baths, we do like spicy food. So what does that mean? Uh, we had Hassan Al-Khantar, who lived in an airport. Then we had Kelly Thiel. This was just November, so last month, uh, who survived the Oh, it was Nixium. how you pronounce it. Sex trafficking cult. And she came out and spoke about that, which was very brave. Then number 84. This is my 84th episode. Not of the year, sorry, but of the entire podcast. December the 6th. Why people become terrorists. Nafis Hamid was fascinating. Really, really smart guy. And we've stayed in contact on Twitter. He's, really, he's And speaking of smart guys, William Costello the following week. Talked about lonely, sexless men. He talked about incels again, a little like the episode with Nama Cates, and again he, I think, he has some sympathy for them. I suppose as, as an academic as he is, it's it's about you really get to know your subjects, and you're more interested rather than judging them. You're more interested in why they are the way they are. Um, but there's no doubt a lot to criticise many incels for because they're quite misogynist. Onay Pagán was absolutely lovely. He came on and talked to us about why animals get high or drunk and how we started to get high and drunk as well. Then there was Professor Carl Zimmer to round off the year with what it means to be alive. I really, I loved that episode as well. Um, I really, really did. He's a he's a big name in, in, in the industry or in, in science and that, and it was a really fascinating experience getting to talk to Professor Zimmer. And that was that. So as I say, in the next month, the next ones coming up are... Richard Dawkins and John Ronson which is quite extraordinary really um, I can't really believe it I can't believe the podcast has gotten to this point point. and all I can do again is thank you all so much please do consider the Patreon don't worry if not consider subscribing to my YouTube page just to get those numbers up that would be a lovely New Year's present for me but at the end of the day I hope you continue to, to be entertained by this and I also I just hope you have a lovely New Year statistically there are a lot of you So you can't all have a lovely new year. But I hope as many of you... I hope there's a higher ratio of people among my listeners than among listeners of other podcasts of people who have a good new year, as in the date itself and the entire year next year. Let me know. Get in touch. If you've listened this far, please do get in touch because I don't imagine that anyone has. Uh, I'm half an hour in, just talking to myself in my brother's old bedroom in my mum's house with a little microphone in front of me. So if you have listened this far then congratulations, firstly. Secondly, come on, do something else. No, don't. Keep keep listening to this. Do keep listening to this. Um, and yeah, thank you. Get, in, get on the Instagram and Twitter, Andrew Gold underscore OK. Tell me you listened this far, because that is actually really fascinating for me to know uh, whether it's worth doing things like this in the future to mark big occasions. Uh, it's been a great year, and I hope you'll stick with me next year. And uh, yeah, do have an okay New Year's Eve, but without the expectations.